Hey everyone, it's Steve here from The Emotion Machine, and this will be a new episode of The Emotion Machine podcast. It will be a part of my Talking to Myself series since I will not have a guest with me today. Um, And speaking of which, if you would like to be a guest on a future podcast, or if you know someone that you think would be a good guest on a future podcast, please reach out to me, email me at theemotionmachine at gmail.com. Hopefully we can schedule a time to record it and you can be a part of a future episode. Um, I'm always looking for new people to speak with, especially anything related to psychology or self-improvement, psychologists, philosophers, neuroscientists, coaches, um, authors, um, any sort of you know, self-improvement blogger or writer. Um, Always interested to talk to new people. And um, so, yeah, if you know of anyone, please feel free to reach out to me and we'll try to figure something out. Um, But yeah, for this episode, it's just going to be me um, mostly uh, talking about some studies that I've collected over the past month, um, some interesting stuff that I want to share with you and, and give you my take on. But before I get into the content, I just want to make a couple more announcements. Um, You guys may have noticed that over the past four or five days, um, my website's been down. Unfortunately, it got hacked um, a few days ago, and um, there was a bunch of malware um, that got uploaded to it. So my hosting provider took down the website, and I've been spending the past few days just trying to clean up everything and um, get the website back online. Um, Finally did figure it all out. The website got back online yesterday. So sorry about that. If you guys were trying to go to the website and it wasn't loading, um, it's not because I forgot about you or abandoned you. I just um, had been dealing with that hack and um, thankfully it's all figured out now. So that's that's not a problem anymore. Um, um, One more announcement, I've been As you guys know, I've been working on my new book, which is coming out um, later this year in the fall. It's going to be called Small Habits, Big Changes, and it's mostly focused on tiny changes you can make on a daily basis that will help out with happiness and health and just living a more fulfilling, more successful life. It's all about daily tips and exercises and things like that. Um, So I've been really focused on writing this book this year, and that's partly why I've been bad at releasing new articles and releasing new podcast episodes, but thankfully the book is finishing up. I should be done with it um, within the next few weeks, so you guys can expect to see um, a lot more content from me in the near future, Um, new articles, new podcast episodes, um, maybe some new eBooks and um, things like that. But um, I do apologize for how slow I've been at creating new content. It's just been, um, I've just been focusing so much on on getting this book done on time and making sure that it's the best possible book that I can write right now. So, um, but one one new thing that I have been doing lately is that I've been doing live Q&A sessions on YouTube. And I've been reserving these mostly for people who have donated to the emotion machine through paypal or patreon and um, it's just a way for me to give back a little bit 
and um, I love having these live Q&As because I get to speak with you guys directly and answer questions and just be able to give direct feedback to you guys. So I did my first live Q&A last month and I will be doing my next live Q&A on this upcoming Sunday, March 11th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I plan to be doing about at least two of these a month. So I really wanna make this a consistent, frequent thing that I do and just a way for me to create more value and, and give back to you guys. So if you would like to join um, these live Q&A sessions and you, you wanna get that, um, you know, an exclusive link to these live Q&As, you can support me on Patreon or PayPal. You can find me on Patreon at theemotionmachine.com forward slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or if you would just like to do a one-time donation, you can also donate on PayPal at theemotionmachine.com forward slash PayPal, P-A-Y-P-A-L. Anyone that donates right now will be invited to the live Q&As. And um, I look forward to doing these more in the future. And I hope to see you guys there. And I hope that this is just a way for me to build up the, the Emotion Machine more and um, and and be able to to sustain it into the future. So I would love for you guys to to please support me and um, I'll be sure to get you that link to these exclusive live Q&A sessions. So that's my final announcement for now. Um, I'm going to get into some of these studies that I've come across over the past few months or past month, really. And um, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So the first study I have here is self-defeating humor promotes psychological well-being. University of Granada researchers from the Mind, Brain, and Behavior Research Center have established that individuals who frequently use self-defeating humor aimed at gaining approval of others through self-mockery exhibit greater levels of psychological well-being. This is something that I've had a hunch about for a while. I think that it shows a great degree of mental health and confidence if you're able to poke fun at yourself and you're able to laugh at yourself, especially if you can make fun of some of your own flaws or quirks. It can be a great way to, to connect with people and show people that you're comfortable with yourself and that you're not afraid to laugh at yourself sometimes. And um, I think you know, laughing at yourself can be a really beneficial and positive sign that you're, you know, a mentally healthy person. Um, as long as, you know, I think not when you poke fun at yourself, it should be done lightheartedly and, you know, not too seriously. If you have a really dark sense of humor about yourself and it can be a cover up for you know, some actual negative beliefs that you have about yourself. But I think being able to do it in a healthy way um, can be really beneficial. Um, you know, it's good not to take yourself too, too seriously, right? No one wants to be around someone that takes themselves too seriously, that always needs to look good in front of others and, um, you know, always wants to pretend like they're a perfect person that has no flaws or, or no quirks to them. Um, but, you know, when we're able to poke fun at ourselves 
a little bit. Um, you know, we show that we're human. We show humility, and um, and I think we also make people more comfortable to be around us because they realize that, oh, you know, this person is comfortable with themselves, and this person is comfortable, um, you know, making fun of their flaws or quirks, and it can really help to just um, connect with people better and show them that that you're that you don't take yourself too seriously. And I think that um, I was really happy to come across this study because I've always had a hunch that, um, you know, poking fun at yourself can be a very beneficial thing. And uh, this study is definitely um, good evidence that that poking fun at yourself um, can be a really good sign of psychological well-being. Uh, the next study I have up here, and, and by the way, I'm going to include links to all of these studies so you guys can feel free to check them out yourself and, um, and dig into them. But um, the next study I want to mention here is, the headline is, Can't Buy Me Love, Materialism in Marriage Linked to Devaluation of Marriage. And what they did was they had married couples take surveys that measured their materialistic beliefs. So they had people read statements such as, having nice things today is more important to me than saving for the future, or having money is very important to me. And people that strongly agreed with statements like this showed, you know, more materialistic beliefs. And this was actually linked to less satisfaction in marriage. Um, there's you know, numerous studies that show how materialistic beliefs can make us less happy and cause us more stress. And um, I'm always trying to remind people to recognize all the values in life that aren't based on money or material goods. And, um, and it makes sense that people that recognize you know, more important values um, than just money are also going to have healthier relationships and healthier marriages. Um, you know, I don't think money should be, um, um, you know, the most important thing in a marriage or, or in a happy relationship. Obviously, you want to have companionship and loyalty and, um, and, you know, share positive experiences together. And, you know, there's emotional value and spiritual value in marriage. And um, people that, that do recognize those values and focus on those emotional values and spiritual values um, are going to have overall healthier marriages than just people who look at things through a materialistic perspective. So this is a good thing to remind yourself for any relationship, really. Um, this is also kind of related to another study I came across um, that showed that... Um, Empathizing with people's positive emotions can be a very beneficial thing for, for relationships and marriage as well. Um, you know, usually when we think about empathy, we think about feeling someone else's pain or feeling someone else's suffering. And obviously this can be a good thing for relationships. It's important to, to be aware of people's negative states and want to help them and, and guide them through that. But it's just as important to be empathetic toward positive emotions. And the results of this study showed that people who perceived greater empathy for their negative emotions were more satisfied with their relationships. 
This effect was not negligible, but neither was it especially powerful. However, the effect of empathy for a partner's positive emotions was five times stronger. So according to this study, empathizing with your partner's positive emotions um, can be even more influential on building a positive relationship and, and having a, a successful um, relationship or marriage. And, um, and I think this is an important thing to remember that empathy is about sharing every, you know, sharing any type of emotion with someone. It's not just about neg negative emotions. It's also about positive emotions and being able to share joy with your partner and, and share gratitude and awe and excitement and all these positive emotions um, is really what bonds us together is having those shared positive experiences. And it's good to be able to empathize with people's joy because then you get to feed off of people's joy and it gives you more opportunities to feel joy if you can, if you can be happy for someone else's accomplishments or positive experiences. I uploaded a video recently called Be Happy for Other People's Success. Um, I think a lot of the times when we see other people being happy or successful, maybe we get defensive and we want to and we become jealous or envious and we want to tear them down or belittle their happiness. But it's actually a lot healthier and a lot more beneficial for us if we can be happy for other people's happiness and feed off of their happiness and um and um, be happy for other people's achievements and success stories as well. So um, yeah, this is this is important that we um, empathize with people's positive emotions as well, and that can be a very strong, uh, very strong way to bond with people and actually you know build positive relationships. Um, very important thing to to remember is the importance of shared shared positivity. Is, um, is just as much an important aspect of relationships as, as being empathetic toward people's pain and suffering. Um, another study here, the surprising benefits of being a pessimist. Um, this study found that um, there's a particular type of pessimist, they call it the defensive pessimist, who can actually benefit from their negative thinking and um, this is an interesting thing that I, I've, I've known about for a while. There's other studies that show how too much optimism can sometimes be a bad thing. If, if you think that nothing bad can ever happen to you and only good things can happen to you, then you, you, and then, then you, you set yourself up for disappointment when things don't work out the way you expect. So a defensive pessimist... Um, is someone that that is aware that things can possibly go wrong. Um, you know, it kind of goes back to that old cliche, um, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst, right? Um, so I, I would call it maybe not being a defensive pessimist, but maybe a cautious, a cautious optimist, being cautiously optimistic, you know, hoping for the best, expecting positive outcomes, but also being aware that sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to. And when you're more aware that things may not work out the way you want them to, 
then you're better prepared to handle those situations when you find yourself in those situations. There's another thing about being too optimistic where people become people become bigger risk takers when they're very optimistic. It's like um, there's been studies that show that people who are very optimistic are more likely to think that smoking cigarettes won't hurt them or you know engaging in in unhealthy behaviors won't hurt them because they think oh no you know if if i only expect good things to happen to me then it doesn't really matter what i do you know things will always work out in the end but sometimes it's good to to be defensive and cautious and not too optimistic but you know realistic um you know it doesn't matter how optimistic you are if you smoke cigarettes and drink a lot and do a lot of drugs that's probably going to lead to bad consequences for you so it's good to sometimes be cautiously optimistic or at least defensively pessimistic as as this study um calls it and to be aware that bad things can happen to you and and that's going to make you more cautious and more practical a more practical thinker in the long term there was actually another study i came across that that kind of relates to this um the headline was anxiety as a protective factor after a heart attack they actually found that people with anxiety disorders um were more likely to seek treatment right after a heart attack and to actually take preventative measures in the future um and that just goes to show that you know anxiety um can make you a cautious person right it makes you more aware of the fact that bad things can happen to you so it could be um a healthy thing to be a little bit anxious and to be a little bit pessimistic and to recognize that bad things can happen to you and by accepting that you're going to make smarter decisions and and take better care of yourself so that's um i thought that related to the other study about um about the benefits of of pessimistic thinking and you know keep in mind i am overall i'm an optimist i'm, I'm a very optimistic person but i do think that it can be taken to extremes and i think that it can be beneficial to balance it out with certain forms of negative thinking and um you know preparing yourself for the worst um can be a you know beneficial thing and a practical thing to do so i thought that was um a, an important study to cover um another study i have here um people find comfort listening to the same song over and over a new study reports listening to your favorite song over and over may provide you with some comfort um people often build a meaningful relationship with a particular song which allows the affection for the tune to persist across a great deal of exposure um yeah you know um you know having a favorite song to go to when you're feeling down obviously that's a great coping mechanism you know the you know when we have a favorite song that we've had for you know a long period of time you know we start building all these positive associations with it and it just we we add all this meaning to a particular song and and if that song brings you comfort and joy 
then that can be a great thing to rely on when you're in a sad mood or when you're feeling stressed. You know, just putting on a favorite track um, can be a really great way to manage stress and anxiety. I remember another study a couple of years ago that that mentioned, you know, watching your favorite television show can often be more relaxing and more comforting than watching a completely new TV show. Um, you know, and this is, you know, people, you know, our favorite songs or our favorite TV shows, these can be a part of our comfort zone and a part of our, our, our ways of dealing with stress and anxiety. You know, every now and then, if I'm feeling really down, I'll just pop on a TV show that, that I've already seen, you know, multiple times, but it's just, it's familiar to me. And it's something that um, I can always trust to go back to and get enjoyment from. Uh, for example, I, I always, I've always put on an episode of The Office usually. So that's like one of my go-to TV shows when I'm just looking to unwind and relax and, and, um, and de-stress. So um, yeah, having a favorite song, having a favorite TV show, these can be tools to help us to manage stress and anxiety. So I thought it was interesting that this um, study found that um, that listening to your favorite song over and over again can can have a beneficial effect on your mental health. Um, another study about music. Music boosts exercise time during cardiac stress testing. Researchers report listening to music may help people extend the time they are capable of enduring a cardiac stress test. The study also reports these findings could help healthy people to exercise for longer periods of time. Um, this is another positive benefit we can get from music. Um, you know, it can be motivating and inspiring. Um, you know, most people when they go to the gym or they're exercising, you know, they usually have their headphones on and they're listening to music to, to motivate them to go that extra mile or, you know, do that extra set of reps. And, um, and, you know, music can be very motivating in that way. And it can be a great tool to help us to push ourselves further, push ourselves more than, than we typically would be able to push ourselves. Um, you know, especially fast-paced, energetic, feel-good music um, is a very valuable tool for boosting motivation, not even just with exercise, but also with, you know, doing, you know, working in an office or, or whatever type of work you do, um, even just cleaning the house, right? You know, you put on some music when you're cleaning or doing chores. It just helps to make the experience better and it helps you to, to do the activity, um, you know, at your very best. So I've always been very interested in how music is a, is a tool to benefit our minds and benefit our lives. So those past two studies that I mentioned are pretty interesting examples of how um, music can can be a beneficial thing. Um, another study I discovered, this actually um, was published a few years ago, but it found that um, people who are very lonely uh, or, um, you know, feel like they don't have much social support, they often benefit from um, thinking back on uh, nostalgic times. Um, and they found that um, nostalgia can be a great way to to overcome feelings of loneliness or feel like you don't have many relationships. You know, you, you look back on a time 
when you know things were going really well for you or you had a, a group of friends in high school or or college or wherever and um you know being able to reflect on past memories and, and be nostalgic for the past um can be a, a beneficial way of of overcoming loneliness and um you know counteracting feelings of loneliness and reminding yourself that you have the ability to build positive relationships and feel like you're a part of a group so i think you know being able to look back on past memories of good times can be you know really important for mental health in general and i believe that everyone has the capacity to do that you know a lot of people they may think oh you know my whole entire life has been just crap and just bad experiences but everyone has positive experiences from their past you know big or small everyone has positive experiences from their past and being able to reflect on those experiences and remind ourselves remind ourselves of those experiences can be um very important for for combating loneliness and sadness and um and you know helping us to to improve well-being and our mental health so reflecting back on the past is not always a bad thing um if it's done in the right doses it can be a really good way to keep your spirits up and improve your mental health um another interesting study holding hands can sync brain waves and ease pain researchers report holding hands with a loved one causes brain waves to fall into sync the more synchronized the brain waves between partners the less pain a person will feel um i just thought this was interesting um just the idea that holding hands can sync brain waves um is a very interesting idea um obviously touch in general is such an important part of connecting with people and 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 building positive connections with people and um you know it's just kind of a cute finding that holding hands can help to sync brain waves between um you know loving couples um just a cute idea um so the next time you're holding hands with um you know a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a, a wife or husband on a date or or wherever um you know <laughs> i guess you know think about how how you know just that simple act of holding your hand of holding their hand can um sync you guys up on on a neurological level a uh, pretty interesting finding um one more study i'm going to mention here and then i'll i'll wrap things up um there was an interesting study i discovered that showed that you're most likely to do something extreme right before you turn 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 um they the researchers call this um nine enders so when when you're 19 or 29 or 39 or 49 or 59 you know when you're right before you reach that new you know that new decade in your life um people are more likely to make um a big decision like you'll often find people when they turn 29 or 39 they want to run a marathon before they turn 30 or they want to travel the world before they turn 40 or 50 um or maybe change their careers um it seems like when people reach these um the last year of a decade 
that they feel this sort of psychological shift and they feel like they need to do something new and do something exciting. And I think this is really interesting because, um, um, you know, our age can sort of be a symbolic thing. And when you first enter your 20s or your 30s or your 40s, you really feel that psychological shift in your brain where you feel like you're starting a new chapter in your life whenever you reach that new decade. So it makes sense that people, as they approach a new decade in their life, that they would all of a sudden get this burst of energy to do something new or do something outside of their comfort zone because they feel that psychological shift that something is something big is changing in their lives and um, they want to they want to they get that extra boost of motivation and energy to, to try something new. So um, I just thought this was a really interesting study. Um, it just goes to show you how symbolic it is when we when we turn 30 or turn 40 or turn 50. Um, it's so symbolic and meaningful to our brains. And we feel that drive to, to do something before we enter that, that next decade. So if you're 19 or 29 or 39 or 49 or 59 or 69 or 79, um, maybe you're feeling that drive to, to try something new or do something you've never done before as you enter that next chapter in your life. And maybe you can take that motivation and energy and um, do something exciting with it, you know, run a marathon, go traveling, um, start up a new hobby, right? You know, start up a new hobby before you turn 40 or before you turn 50 or before you turn 60. Um, just an interesting way that um, people interpret their age and um, how it can sort of be a weird motivating thing. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share some of those studies with you guys. Um, um, some really fascinating stuff. I'm always paying attention to new research and um, trying to follow the latest trends in psychology and self-improvement. So I hope you guys enjoyed some of those. I'm going to obviously include links to all of these underneath, um, underneath the podcast. So you can feel free to click those links, share them with people, um, dig deeper into the studies, especially if you're a more scientifically minded person, you might want to check out the abstracts or find the actual journal article, article and um, read more about these studies. But I just wanted to give you guys a quick summary of, of these findings and my own take on them. So I hope you guys found this interesting. Um, um, I guess one final reminder before I sign off. Um, again, I'm doing that live Q&A this upcoming Sunday. March 11th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I will be doing another live Q&A later this month. I'm going to try to be doing at least two a month. And I think I really wanna make this a frequent thing that I do. Um, I really wanna build off of this so that I have a lot of people participating, a lot of people asking me questions. And I think the more people that participate, the more entertaining and educational it's going to be. So again, if you want to join these, please uh, donate on Patreon or PayPal, and I'll give you that exclusive link to the live Q&A session. Um, if you already support me on PayPal or Patreon and you haven't received an email from me or you don't know how to find these live Q&A sessions, uh, just email me, theemotionmachine at gmail.com. I'll make sure I add you to the mailing list and I'll make sure that you get that link 
so that you'll be able to join these live Q&As and actually participate. Um, but yeah, so those links, again, uh, my Patreon link is theemotionmachine.com forward slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And my PayPal can be found at theemotionmachine.com forward slash PayPal, P-A-Y-P-A-L. Um, yeah, your, your guys' support is greatly appreciated. I, I absolutely love all the support I've gotten so far. It helps keep the Emotion Machine growing and improving and evolving. And I'm hoping these live Q&As will just be more of an incentive to support my work and to get as much value as you can from, um, from the Emotion Machine. So thanks for listening, and um, I'll be sure to contact you guys again soon. Have a good one.